You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Welcome to Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a special episode for you where we are interviewing a great guest to preview this Bills Chiefs division round playoff matchup. This special episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. I'm really excited about this next guest. You rarely get to talk to ex-NFL players, and few are as plugged into their former teams as this gentleman. He is a former second-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs in 1991. He is the host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast with Jeff Fediton, and I'd like to welcome Joe Valerio to the podcast. Joe, it is so good to talk to you. How are you? Nate, it's great to talk to you. Thank you for having me on and getting a chance to share some thoughts and chat up a little of this, uh, what I'm calling, whether the, whether the NFL calls it the divisional round or not, in my mind, Nate, I think we're going to be watching the AFC Championship on Sunday evening. Uh, I really do. And not that either team, the Bills or the Chiefs, should look past each other or find competition that they'll get out of the winner of the, of the Bengals, uh, a Tennessee game. I just, I really feel like this is the AFC championship that's going to happen tomorrow night or Sunday night. Now, even before the wild card round, when, you know, the Bills and Chiefs both won in very convincing fashion, I mean, did you think that even going into the playoffs, even before you even had a chance to see the Bengals or the Titans play? Um, yeah, well, yeah, we've been, you know, we've been following it closely, obviously with, with Tennessee, not having Derek, Derek Henry, you know, like I was like thinking that where, where is this team going to go? But boy, they have been so consistent. Um, you know, they've really fit the game plan to Ryan Tannehill's, uh, set, And I think the Bengals have, you know, I think they're the upstart team of the AFC, you know, so I I think it's going to be a great matchup and, you know, watching what the Bengals did to the Chiefs. You know, has me a little worried about that game if, if the Chiefs are lucky enough to get past uh, Buffalo. So I, I think I think we've got four really solid teams left in the AFC, and I've been really excited about where the AFC is going. And I think the AFC is the conference where it's at uh, right now. I think from an excitement perspective, and you know, thinking about losses, you know, you can't help but think back to that Buffalo Bills stomping of the Chiefs, where you know. And my my believe in Chiefs podcast listeners and, and friends of mine who are who are diehard Kansas City fans like, like I am, 
uh, weren't real happy with me when I predicted that the Bills would actually win that game. Um, not that I didn't think the Chiefs, you know, would win, you know, or not that you ever think a team's going to win all of their games, but I did, I just knew that they were not going to win that game. Um, I think the Bills at that point were playing spectacular football. The Chiefs were still finding themselves. Um, and Josh Allen was my fantasy quarterback. So I was hoping he had a good game. Uh, but, but I, but I think, um, I think both teams are very different now. And I think the Chiefs are a much different team. And I think one of the things that really bit them. Uh, in that game, they were definitely snake bitten by the turnovers, which is not, it's not typical of that team. Um, Patrick was, was, was really carrying the weight of, I think of the entire Midwest on his shoulders, um, because the Chiefs were just not playing well defensively. And I think he was trying to win ball games. So I think it's going to be a very different game than we saw in that, in that, uh, in that loss at Arrowhead back in October. Yeah, that was a game where the Chiefs had four turnovers. The Bills didn't have any. The Bills had a pretty flawless game, um, both offensively and defensively in that game. And, uh, you know, it was it was weird. After that 38-20 to win in Week 5, it felt like everyone was writing the Chiefs off. And they ended up going 12-5 and uh, in the regular season and getting the second seed in the AFC playoffs. Um, did the Chiefs change something at that point in the season? Uh, it's a great, that's a great question, Nate. I, I don't know if they changed anything. I, I, I do know that they developed into the defense that they are. I think their offense is never, you know, while they were struggling offensively, it was never really a talent thing. It, for me, it was a press, it was a pressure thing. I think they were overcompensating or trying to overcompensate for some of the poor play on defense. And I think where the, the, the real tipping point and turning point, I should say, for the Chiefs was their ability to get the right pieces of the puzzle together on defense. You know, bringing Melvin, Art, Melvin Ingram in uh, obviously helped with their pass rush and added that extra level of rush to allow Chris Jones to rush from the inside or the outside. And I think Steve Spagnola, you know, really found the game plan that matched the talent that he has and finally got the right pieces of the puzzle in the right spots at the right time. And I think that is what allowed the offense to take the pressure off of themselves and start to play the kind of ball that they're used to playing, you know, kind of loose. You know, this offense always does better when they're loose. You saw it in, in that romping of the Steelers, you know, where, you know, throwing touchdowns that, you know, four different receivers, you got a tight end throwing a touchdown, you got linemen scoring. Like it, it, it just, it's just when they play loose like that and, and they take the pressure off themselves when the defense is playing well. It's a different offense. So I think it was a little bit of those, the combination of those things, Nate, that, that kind of caused them to have that little bit of a valley at the beginning and towards the middle of the season. Now, Chris Jones wasn't active during uh, the first matchup between the Bills and the Chiefs. He was out on injury. And uh, like you said, at that point, they were rushing him from the outside, which isn't really his natural position. Um, they, they, he was so good in the interior. They thought they'd move him outside. Now that they, they traded for Melvin Ingram in the middle of the season, now he's pushed inside. I mean, has he looked much more at home? I mean, and and is he as dominant as he ever was moving back in the second half of the season? Yeah, definitely. And not just, you know, not because I'm being a chief's homer here, but I think, I think he's definitely one of the scariest interior players, uh, in not just the AFC, but probably the entire NFL. He's big. He can stop the run. He can pass rush from the inside, which is always scary. And, and I think one of the things that Chris, you know, found himself 
uh, is really thriving in that position. Um, because you know, it's not going to, you're not going to get 16, 17 sacks. You're not going to do TJ Watt type stuff from the interior, right? You're going to put pressure on quarterbacks. You're going to get rushes. You're going to get hurries. You're going to get a batted ball here and there, but you're definitely not going to get the name and light sacks that, you know, you look for when you're rushing from the outside. And I think once he became really comfortable with that, uh, I think he, he really started to come into his own and enjoy the disruption that he can have in the middle of the field. So, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's a great thing for, for the chiefs. And, and I think he, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a definitely a different look that Buffalo is going to have to prepare for that they didn't see uh, in that, uh, you know, in that weekend in October. The Chiefs just came off a wild card win against the Steelers 42 to 21 in Arrowhead this past weekend. Um, you know, it was a slow start, but the Chiefs came on strong, like you mentioned. Um, do you think that was all the Chiefs doing, or was it just a good matchup because of, you know, the Steelers' strengths versus their weaknesses against the Chiefs' strengths and weaknesses? Or was it, I mean, it was just domination. It was, there was no way that the Steelers were going to win that game. Well, you know, what the Chiefs do is they, 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 they wear you down. They're very comfortable. You know, the Chiefs are very comfortable with um, slow starts. And if you look at them historically, this year has actually been a little bit of an anomaly. Uh, if you look at their uh, opening drives and their first quarters, generally, if you look at the last three to four years of this team, historically, they've been very, very slow to start. And they, they usually pick up steam towards the end of the second quarter and then going into the third and fourth quarter. And the reason why that is, in my opinion, is that their playbook is so big. You know, Eric Bieniemy has such a big playbook uh, that it takes them a little bit of time to figure out where the weakness is, where they want to expose, and what pages of the playbook they're going to start to tear out and throw into the game plan. And they actually wait until the game to do that, you know. Uh, at least from, from my vantage point, that's what I see out of this team. And that's what I've seen out of them historically. You know, Chiefs fans have gotten very used to them not being all revved up offensively in the first uh, quarter, even sometimes early in the second or even late in the second quarter. They're, they're a team that takes a little bit of while to, a little while to get their motor running. And I think when the defense wasn't playing well, uh, they kind of got out of their game from that perspective and they were trying to press really early on and get scores early. And it really didn't, it didn't affect, it didn't affect them positively at all. Uh, if you watch the, you know, those first, you know, six, seven games, they, they really struggled uh, offensively throughout the whole game because they never got into a rhythm that they were used to getting into when the defense was at least holding their own. But once the defense shored up, they really, you know, really pulled it together offensively and took the pressure off, which, you know, allows them to play, like I said earlier, a little bit more footloose and fancy free. So I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's definitely, um, to, to their benefit that, uh, that they can, they can have a defense that can hold Buffalo to a slower start. Cause the worst thing that can happen to the Chiefs is if Buffalo starts fast. And that's, and that's going to be the matchup, right? Nate, I think like, you know, it's always funny, you know, it's always funny when they talk about quarterback matchups, right? Like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are going to be wrestling on the 50 yard line or something, right? Like they don't, they don't actually play against each other, right? It's not like they're throwing the ball at each other and seeing if they can knock each other's helmets off or something. Um, you know, but, but though the matchup, when you see the matchup you see with quarterbacks is how they react to how the other ones play. You know, if Josh Allen comes out and starts fast and, you know, takes the bills down, boom, boom, boom. And, 
you know, does one of his, you know, magical drives and he's running and throwing and dodging. And, you know, he gets, he gets a quick score too. And Patrick's going to have to react. And that's, that's where the fun will be for the fans. Uh, in the, in that, in that proverbial matchup between Allen and Mahomes is watching those two react to each other's play. And if, you know, if one of them starts slow, will the other one be able to put the pedal to the metal and rev it up and, 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 and jump out to an early lead? So I, I, that's what I'm most excited about. Like, look, I'm a lineman, ex lineman. I love watching line play, but I'll tell you, this is a game where my eyes are going to be on those quarterbacks and how they react to how each other's playing. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I mean, just, just as a note for, you know, you watching the game, um, because, you know, we, we podcast about the team all season long is the Bills normally get off to slow starts too, minus this past week. Um, so it's, it, it could go either way for the Buffalo Bills. So yeah, could Josh Allen come out and throw a touchdown on the first drive? Sure. But he could also wait till the second half also, because that's what they did the, the, uh, two games before the Chiefs or the, the Patriots, uh, wild card round so <laughs> interesting yeah so yeah. One, one of the big storylines coming out of the the chief Steelers game is the emergence of Jarek mckinnon in the backfield mm-hmm. now now i know you're a big clyde edwards Lair fan um and i think he's showing a lot of promise but you can't ignore what Jarek mckinnon did last Jarek mckinnon Kinnon, excuse me did last week and you got to figure he's going to be a part of of the game plan this next week i mean what do you get with mckinnon that Maybe you don't necessarily get with Clyde, Clyde Edwards Lair, or just in general, what do you get with him? Well, I think he's, well, he, number one, he's, he's very versatile, right? I mean, you know, he, he can, he can swing out, he can catch the ball. He gives them that extra weapon that, you know, Patrick always likes to have and that Eric, the enemy loves to have, you know, in, in his playbook, right? I mean, he, he loves Eric Bieniemy. Loves having a stable of people that he can go to. It's like the Chiefs' offense is one of those offenses. It's like, um, you know, uh, next next guy up, so to speak, right? It's like, um, uh, you know, when 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 they double bracket Kelsey and Hill, you know, Pringle seems to have a good game. Uh, you know, when when Edwards Hilaire is hurt, you know, they, they get Daryl Williams, you know, a bunch of carries or or or, or Gore. Right. We'll, we'll come on and, and he'll, and he'll take a, he'll, he'll take a bunch of snaps because Gore's a very patient runner. You know, he's very, um, you know, he, he's very methodical. But, you know, from, from what I see, what I see about, about Jarek that I don't think the Chiefs have had, uh, as of late is, is he's, he's, he's a playmaker. You know, he's, it's just if he could just keep him healthy, you know, that's, that's the problem. That's, that's the curse of that position. You know, it's, it's tough, man. It is tough to stay healthy at running back. And you think about the types of hits that they take, um, you know, he's, he's, what I like about him is he's downhill. He's aggressive. Uh, you know, he's, he's, um, you know, he's, he's just, he's just a playmaker. I hate, I, I know that's like a catch all phrase, but that's the best way that I could describe him. Um, he's going to make something happen with his vision He's going to make something happen. The fact that he's a double threat can catch the ball uh, out of the backfield. I just, I just think he adds, adds something. He's, you know, he's definitely bigger than Edwards Alaire and he's much more downhill than Edwards Alaire. Uh, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And, and that's, you know, a lot of times that's really part of the, you know, that's part of the game, right? Of course, of course, especially for him, he's just had such bad luck, unfortunately, over his career through three different teams. But I mean, 
so I, I love that you're an ex NFL guy. I love that, you know, you understand the game so well at such a, such a, uh, such a high level. And I know that you've also been paying attention to, uh, the bills because like you mentioned, Josh Allen is on your fantasy team. And so I'm asking you as a football guy, imagine that you're coaching, uh, the Buffalo bills. You have an idea of, you know, the bill strengths and weaknesses on offense and defense, I mean, how do you attack this Chiefs team in order to win based on how you've seen other teams beat them? Yeah, it's a great, that's a great, great question. Uh, well, let's start, let's start offensively. Um, well, you know, I'm the offensive coordinator for, you know, for Buffalo, right? And one of the things that if I were, you know, calling the plays for the Bills and putting personnel together that was going to try to beat this defense, um, I, I would I would start out by committing to somewhat of a run game. You know, I, I would I would it's not that I would, you know, run the ball every play, but I would definitely run the ball, especially knowing, like you said, that 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 the Bills have been slow to start and and they, and they can be explosive. Um I would run the ball till the Chiefs stopped it. Um because what that does is if if you commit to the run early against this team you know, Coach Bagnol is going to start bringing eight players up into the box. He's going to get Terrell Matthew involved in in stopping the run. You know, he's gonna he's gonna start really overthinking it a little bit, and that's when you can start to pick the, the team apart. Not going deep, but going intermediate. So I think for for an offensive game plan against the Chiefs, it needs to be a methodical sort of running attack. And then once they start bringing eight up into the box and they start committing to stopping the run, you're not going to beat them deep, but you're going to beat this Chiefs defense by stretching the field, what I call horizontally as opposed to vertically, right? By by, by um, attacking their, their linebacking core, who is probably at this point in the season playing a little less effectively than the defensive backs are. And so if they can – you know, look at that intermediate passing game anywhere from, you know, targeting your receiver at six to eight to 15 yards downfield, as opposed to trying to run vertical routes. I think you're going to be much, much more effective. So that's, that's like my opinion, Nate, on what I would do if I were, you know, calling the plays for the Bills on offense. If I'm, if I'm going to try to stop this, this vaunted, you know, explosive attack, which we, we know the Bills have as well with, you know, the running game and, you know, with Diggs and Allen. Um, I think what I would do is I would rush Patrick a little differently than you might rush another quarterback. I'm not saying you have to spy him, um, but if you can rush him up the middle and you can get in his field of vision but not let him out of the pocket at the same time, I think that's how you really make Patrick less effective than he usually is. Because what Patrick has an uncanny ability to do is find the pocket within the pocket. So as the as the protection is breaking down, as the rush is coming, he has an uncanny ability to step up, find a little spot, and then shuffle either sideways or stay in the pocket and give his receivers that one extra second in either zone to sit down and find the open space or, you know, run their guy out on man-to-man. And, you know, that extra second means a lot when you have the speed of a Travis Kelsey or a Pringle or a McCall Hardman, and you have some quick backs coming out of the backfield, and you have Travis Kelsey, who is a master at the impromptu improvisation, you know, get open kind of a, of a, of a pass route. So 
that's what I would do. I would, I would focus on the pass rush and keeping Mahomes in the pocket without letting him break containment and get outside. I would do like a mush rush, so to speak. Uh, you know, if you can picture that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's all great insight. I really appreciate that. Now you mentioned, uh, that the chiefs will win this game. And as a Bills fan, I can absolutely see that happening. I mean, I'm not sold one way or the other at this point right now. Um, but what gives you such confidence that the, that the Chiefs will will pull this off? Um, I mean, I, you know, I, confidence is a strong word, Nate. I, you know, I, I, I think the Chiefs right now are playing just a little bit better football from an execution perspective on both sides of the ball. But, you know, I don't by any means is this game going to be like where I'm so confident that I, I would be so surprised that the Chiefs lost. Like, oh, you know, I as an objective football fan, right? I'm, look, I'm a Chiefs homer. I cover the Chiefs. I played for the Chiefs. Like, I love I love the Chiefs. But like, I'm also a very objective football fan. And, and, and I, I look at these things very objectively uh, as much as I possibly can. And, and I think I think this uh, this is going to be a, a really close game. And, and the only, that's the only reason why I would give the edge to the Chiefs objectively, not be, not because I'm a fan, but because I think right now they're peaking a little quick, more quickly going into the playoffs than the Bills are. Now, granted, I know the Bills had a fantastic win uh, last week. They put up a lot of points. Just looked fantastic. I, you know, having have, having had him as my fantasy quarterback <laughs> this year. Mm-hmm. I, I was not, you know, I'm putting myself the GM of, you know, Team Valerio and, and, you know, fantasy football. I wasn't real happy with his inconsistency. You know, there were, there were weeks where I'd be like, oh man, you know, God, Josh, I was really expecting, you know, you know how we are with fantasy football. <laughs> we like, we start talking to our players like we're actually the GM, right? Like, yeah. hey, come into my office, Josh. I'm going to find out why you're not playing so well. <laughs> but like, I, I, I just felt like he had, he had a lot more inconsistencies. Um, than 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 Patrick did or some of the other quarterbacks who you know were kind of uh you know kind of um you know having really good seasons as well is he is he a triple threat absolutely the guy can the guy can do it all um you know he's he, he'll pick you apart he'll find the open receiver he'll do it with his legs he'll run you over which which I love I love a tough quarterback like that so I mean I, to, in my opinion I mean you know, your, your Bills listeners aren't, aren't going to like it, and I'm not doing it because, like I said, I'm a homer. But I, I think the Chiefs will win this game by a touchdown. I think it'll be a really close game. I think it's going to be like a 31 to 24 type game. And I'm only going. I'm going with the Chiefs because I think they have a few more weapons and they're a little bit more well rounded on both sides of the ball right now. Mm-hmm. But hey, it's going to be a battle, and you get a couple of uh, flubs in, in special teams. You know, Josh Allen comes out hot. Patrick puts too much pressure on himself, you know, who knows, who knows at that point, right. What, what's going to happen. So I just think it's going to be a great game. And I think this rivalry is great for football. Yeah. You mentioned how Josh Allen, uh, you know, he, he's a great running quarterback. He's not just like, like Mahomes is an amazing running quarterback too. I'm not taking anything away from him, but his, his style is slightly different. Whereas Josh will stiff arm a defensive lineman and like, you know, and he'll also juke, you know, DBs out of their shoes. Like it's, it's kind of a different level that Josh takes it to, um, in, in some respects, maybe he's a little bit more reckless than Patrick. Sure. Um, but as an ex offensive lineman, 
I mean, when you see your quarterback putting his body on the line like Josh does week in and week out, I mean, when you get back to the huddle and you're getting ready for the next play, does that make you want to like block just a little bit more for the guy? He's the kind of guy I would eat glass for. I, 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 I love him as a player. I, I really do. If I'm going to, I'm, I'm one of his offensive linemen. He's inspiring me because he's just got that level of toughness and grit. Uh, and you're absolutely spot on. They, they are two very, very different, uh, players when it comes to running the ball. I mean, I wouldn't call Josh a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback that can run. And, and I think, I think what, um, what Patrick is, Patrick's just more of an opportunistic runner. You know, it's, it's not that it's scheme for him, but if you see when he, when he takes off, it's because the opportunity presents itself rather than, rather than it being part of the game plan. I think, I think Josh goes into the games knowing that he's going to run, you know, knowing that he's going to find some time where like, you know what? He's going to be like, ah, heck with it. I'm running this ball. Like I'm taking this team on my shoulders and going. And I love that. You know, I love that kind of grit and toughness from a quarterback. Um, so, you know, I, I think they are similar in a lot of ways, um, but I think they're also very different in a lot of ways, too. And I think I think it comes down to the fact that Patrick's a more opportunistic, uh, you know, runner. Josh is more um, not prescriptive, but he's he's definitely um, it's it's intent. It's intended. Right. He's got a lot more intent to his running. Because he knows he can do it, and he knows, and and, and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of D backs and, and and even probably some linebackers out the, out there that fear him running the ball. So, which is pretty exciting as a Bills fan, right to see. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, last question I have for you is: I have to talk about big man touchdowns. So, this past yeah. week, you saw Kansas City offensive lineman Nick Allegretti score a big man touchdown against the Steelers. Bills fans just saw rookie Tom or rookie tackle Tommy Doyle score a touchdown as well. Um, you were known for scoring touchdowns on the Chiefs in the nineties. You scored four touchdowns yourself. How pumped do you get every time you see one of those? Oh, it's you know I love it. I I try to every time I see one, I try to do what I can on social media to tweet it at the guy and like be like you know welcome to the club because it's fun it's it's fu- it's so much fun Nate, to hear your name announced for something other than 73 holding trust me uh you know you spend your whole life in anonymity i remember coming home from my little pop warner tryout telling my dad that i was going to be playing offensive line and he's like that's great son and i was like dad but when am i going to get my name on the loudspeaker so when you get a penalty i was like oh great you know and, and, and it's like you know, it's just so much fun. I, watching Nick Allegretti, of course, and of course he's my number sake, right? Number 73. So we share the number. Nice Italian kid, right? Catches it, tackle eligible. It, it was, it was so cool to see his excitement and, and to see him really get into that moment, right? Cause it's, it's not something that offensive linemen get to do. We have to find, we have to find joy in helping other people score touchdowns our entire lives. And, and then to see somebody have that kind of joy about getting their name called and the, and the, uh, notoriety that he'll get with that, that, that's really cool. And, uh, I was just, I jumped out of my seat and it was funny because I was texting with, uh, Eric Stone Street, you know, who played Cam on, on, um, Modern Family. He, he's a huge Chiefs fan. He's a big fan of offensive linemen. We have a history because he was sitting in the second row 
when I scored a touchdown against the 49ers when he was, you know, I think he was a 19 year old season ticket holder. He got, you know, tickets from his parents and, and there's a picture of me holding the ball up in the air and he's literally right behind me. And we started to build this relationship because he's a huge Chiefs fan. And, and, uh, he, he said that he told his wife, uh, when they were in, 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 in the stadium, he said, listen, 70 feet just reported eligible. He goes, keep your eyes on him. Don't take your eyes off. He's going to score a touchdown. And his wife thought he was crazy. He's like, what are you talking about? How's that lineman going to score a touchdown? And he's like, mark my words. And darn it, if he didn't score. And, you know, the first thing Eric did is he tweeted at me. He's like, Joe, 73 scores and does it again. And he's like, I was there for both of them and had a great seat for both of them. So I, I got the biggest kick out of that. So, you know, as a lineman to get that kind of have that kind of fun in your life, it doesn't come along every day. So those big man touchdowns are really fun to watch. That's an amazing story. Um, I I know you've already done your preview podcast for Believe uh, in Chiefs. Um, do, just curious if you have any questions for me before uh, this weekend's matchup. Yeah, Nate. No, that's a great that's a great uh, part of this. Thank you for 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 allowing me the opportunity to ask you some some things. I mean, what what do you think? I mean, you you're, you followed this team all year. You saw that they had some of the same ups and downs that the Chiefs did, right? I, I think there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. Um, you know, I think um, I, I think they they both had their peaks and valleys. Do you do you think that that they're both peaking right now, and and that this game will be you know one for the ages? I mean, I because I, I kind of look at it that way. I, I'm looking at this as the AFC Championship game. How about you? Yeah, when you mentioned that on your podcast. Um, with Jeff, I, I thought the same exact thing, not that the, not to take anything away from the Titans or the Bengals, like you mentioned earlier, but but absolutely. I mean, this is, this is the game that, uh, even if I wasn't a Bills fan, um, I would love to see, um, two teams like this. And, um, you know, definitely one thing that, that doesn't get talked about outside of Bill's circles is the fact that the Bills definitely had an up and down season. I mean, that's that goes without saying. I mean, people were expecting, you know, a 13, 14 win season and then they would go 11 and 6, right? And uh and they beat or they win the division in the last week of of the season. But um 5 out of the 6 losses that the Bills had were by one score or less. So, um they just they didn't have any luck when it came to close games. And then every game that they won was by at least, I believe it was 15 points or more. So um, this team, mm. this Bills team is better than people think they are. Um, now, uh, did they show it last weekend a little bit? I mean, you're talking about a Patriots team that had the second ranked defense. So it wasn't even like they were just, it was Mac Jones versus Tom Brady. They just didn't have Tom Brady that game. I mean, the Bills just shredded a, a really good defense and a, a great defense of mine in, in Bill Belichick. So I was surprised to see that. I think every Bills fan was surprised to see that. We were very worried because, um, and I don't think the Chiefs have this kind of rivalry because, um, you know, most divisions, minus the AFC East have like turned over every few years or whatever. Um, you know, maybe a team is good, but they're not dominant for 20 years like the Patriots were. So we were really worried that the Patriots were going to win that game. And then we'd have to, you know, wait until the, the next season to try to uh, get right. But um, I think the bills are better than people think they are. Um, I think people think that they're really good now. Um, but I think that the, all along they were pretty good. Now, if the bills, do the things that, you know, like the Chiefs lost last time, they had four turnovers. If the Bills turn the ball over more than the Chiefs, I don't think they win. 
I think if the Bills take more, you know, take some stupid penalties, um, have some really big mistakes like leaving guys wide open, they're missing Tredavious White, something that they weren't missing last time they were playing. Um, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes takes advantage of that on the outside. I think, I think that the Chiefs win that way. Um, wow. That's but, really, that's really astute, uh, Nate, because I, I, I didn't really, I got to be quite frank and honest, I didn't really do that kind of analysis on the Bills' wins and losses. And um, I never really kind of pulled their full schedule up to really think about that. And, uh, you know, because you see the L and you're just like, okay, you know, that, that yeah. happened. Um, but that's, uh, that's really fascinating because I think, I think the Chiefs um, actually, you know, I think, I think some of the games that they lost, they lost a lot worse than that. And I think that's, um, you know, that's something that's probably not uh, going to work in, in the Chiefs' favor, right? Is the fact that that when they when they were bad, they were bad, mm-hmm. and and when they're good, they're great. But you know, does that? How does that translate to what this this matchup does? And 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 I think, you know, it sounds like you're thinking the same way way I am. It's it's whoever can keep pace, right? If if if, if both teams can keep pace with each other, it's going to be a game for the ages. But it could also be a game where if the Chiefs aren't careful, um, you know, the Bills uh, have not lost by a lot of big margins. So they're going to probably stay close, which is which is really interesting. So thanks for pointing that out. I, I, I did. I got to be honest, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, the one team that absolutely blew them out was the Indianapolis Colts, and that's because the Bills turned the ball over four times, and they could not stop Jonathan Taylor <laughs> that entire game. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, very few teams though are or, or running backs are built like Jonathan Taylor and the Colts, right? So, right. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned like I feel like uh, the Kansas City Chiefs kind of uh, their offensive line kind of really came together in the second half of the season. Am I right in assuming that? Um, or was it yeah, always I mean, put they, together pretty well? Yeah, I mean they went they went with this group of starters from you know from the very beginning. I mean this this group is you know other than um, Andrew Wiley who is their their starting right tackle right now replacing uh, Lucas Niang and um, also um, you know Mike Remmers because of injuries. Um, but 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 you know at the, at the same at the same time. You know, people have to remember, even though Austin or I keep wanting to say Austin Ryder, he was with the team last year. Andrew Wiley, uh, he was a full time starter on the Super Bowl team. So it's not as if they've got a guy out there who's a, you know, a third, a third string schlub. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this guy can play some football. So they've really put together a fantastic, deep, deep group. Um, their offensive line is basically, for all intents and purposes, Nate has 10 starters on it. Wow. Which is which is something that Brett Beach made the the the, the, the concerted effort in the offseason to say, well, what happened in the Super Bowl is not happening again, and we're not going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. So I think that's been you know really exciting for for Chiefs fans is to see this offensive line um, really get rolling, and it, it kind of started from Jump Street. I mean, it really it was something that they um, you know they really set out in the beginning of the season, picking up Orlando Brown, you know, getting. Uh, Trey Smith, uh, getting, uh, Creed Humphrey, the starting center, you know, picking up Joe Tooney to that extended big time, you know, contract. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, going with, uh, with a bunch of deep veterans on the bench. So, 
Um, I, I, I've been really pleased with the way their offensive line has played. It's really attributed to a lot of their success. Now, I have to ask you another question just because I don't get a chance to talk to offensive linemen, former NFL offensive linemen especially. Um, and it's so the Bills' um, offensive line has been a struggle all season, except for the last three or four games because um, actually there was a couple of injuries and they put in one of their depth pieces which ended up being the difference, surprisingly. I mean, they did shift around their right tackle, who's now their right guard, and found, you know, used a rookie right tackle. I mean, that has definitely been, has helped, but they ended up using Ryan Bates, who is a third-year player. He was an undrafted player, um, and uh, he was actually traded from the Eagles to the Bills. And all of a sudden, the Bills' offensive line has been pass-blocking better. They've actually been opening up holes for the run game, which up until the last three or four weeks, the run game was almost non-existent besides Josh Allen. Um, I guess, you know, as a former NFL offensive lineman, is it possible that like one person within that five-man group could make that much of a difference? Or was it just a matter of like these guys, these guys will just come together eventually? Because from the outside looking in, they added Ryan Bates and all of a sudden, like you went from like a, average to maybe slightly below average offensive line to like an average to pretty good offensive line? Uh, no, I think the, the answer is, is not exactly what you said, Nate? I mean, you, you, you were, you were right there with the commentary in that while offensive line is a chemistry position where you need to get to the point where you, you can communicate through grunts and groans, right? Like it's that basic, like it gets down to that level when an offensive line is playing well together that you, you can, um, you know, you can basically just turn to your, your buddy next to you and go, uh, and then you know exactly who you're blocking. It's crazy. Like I know I'm over exaggerating to make a point, but, but you have that chemistry that happens with all five, but all it takes sometimes is one piece of the puzzle to get in there. And, and it can, it can, can, again, I'm going to use this term, open up your playbook because, now all of a sudden you've got a guy in there that can pass block and somebody who can run block and you've got somebody who can pull and somebody who can open up, you know, holes with, with straight ahead runs. Like it really does take all five and sometimes just in, in injecting one player into that mix can make all the difference in the world from a chemistry perspective. So it doesn't have to be just all five of the guys, you know, ha- coming together throughout the season. It can be, you know, three, four guys playing well together. And then, bam, you put that one piece of the puzzle in. And next thing you know, bam, you, you know, you've opened up your whole playbook. So I, I think it's, I think it, the answer to the question is weaved into all of your question. You know, the answer is weaved all into your question and your analysis in that it can happen and, and it does happen. So I, I think that's a good thing for the Bills that they found the five that they need going in and to peak going into the playoffs. Cause that's, that's what you want, right? I mean, who cares if you go, eight and well i guess you can never say eight and eight anymore right now that they play 17 games but <laughs> yeah. you know whether you go eight and nine and make it to the playoffs and win the super bowl or whether you go 16 and zero or 17 and zero and lose the super bowl right like it, at that point it doesn't really matter and that and that's what i think the bills are doing right now they're they're in the playoffs and you know who cares if they got to go through arrowhead and then go through uh you know tennessee if 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 the, if the titans beat the bengals so you know, I just think that's the that's the mode that the, that Buffalo is in right now, and I, I think that's why it's going to be a very very close game. That that is such great insight, Joe. I, I, I supremely appreciate 
you coming on the podcast and discussing this. Where can they find the Believe in Chiefs podcast, and uh, and where can they find you on social media? Oh yeah, sure. No, you can you can you know you can check out my Twitter at, at Joe Valerio seventy three. That was my number in Kansas City at Joe Valerio seventy three. Uh, our Believe uh, in Chiefs podcast is on the Believe Podcast Network. It's spelled a little interestingly. It's B L E A V. Uh, so it's Believe in pronounced Believe. Believe in Chiefs. Uh, you can find it on you know Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you know wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun. We cover the Chiefs each week. We talk a lot about more than just uh, more than just the Chiefs too, which is kind of fun. We, I bring a lot of stories of my days playing and some of those foundational years in Kansas city where we helped kind of, you know, at least we old guys like to think built, help build the organization with the likes of Joe Montana and Christian Okoye and Derek Thomas. And so we have a lot of fun, Jeff and I, and Jeff writes for Forbes magazine, covers the chiefs, covers football in general. So yeah, we have a lot of fun. So thanks for letting me get indulging me and let me get that uh, information out there. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I do like to do a lot of uh, objective football talk. It's not all, you know, just, uh, just chief news. Yeah. I listened to several episodes leading up to this interview. And, uh, if people that are listening do know, uh, people that are chiefs fans or, uh, relatives or family or friends or whoever, I would absolutely recommend your podcast with Jeff. Um, it was, it was really fun and entertaining to listen to. And, uh, seriously appreciate this insight that you've given me. This is such an exciting game to, uh, preview, to talk about, and then, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. So thanks again. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Nate. This was a blast and let's do this again. It's just going to be a rivalry for the ages. So, you know, let's not be strangers and yeah, let's do this again sometime. This was a, this was a load of fun. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Thanks again to Jeff Valerio from the Believe in Chiefs podcast, an ex-NFL player, uh, for coming in and discussing this Bills-Chiefs matchup uh, with us and how, giving us some insight on, as someone who talks about the team very regularly, someone who was part of the team, is part of the organization, um, just some great insight by Jeff uh, for all his Bills fans. And, and and yeah, so what I want to do next is something that we haven't done before. Uh, we recorded a Twitter space this past week, uh, particularly right after the Bills-Patriots win, when the Bills pulverized, uh, embarrassed, pummeled the Patriots, however you want to say it, uh, and got some real-time fan reaction. Um, so I wanted to share that with you for those of you that are still riding that high as, as you should be. Um, I know we're focusing on the chiefs, but it doesn't mean that we can't look back a few days and enjoy this, uh, that amazing win, the dominating win over the Patriots. So I want to share that with you. And this, uh, Twitter space is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Thank you guys for the ones that have been here being patient for this. Um, we're just right now in the process of discussing this amazing win that uh, that the Buffalo Bills have had over the New England Patriots. It's almost like a, <laughs> I kind of tweeted about it, but a ding-dong, the witch is dead, right? The Pats are dead. 
Bill Belichick, we, we own not only the AFC East, but we own the Patriots specifically, um, which just feels so good. This was an amazing time to be, it is an amazing time to be a Bills fan. So um, I haven't done a lot of spaces. Let's get into it. I have requests for people that want to give their thoughts on on today's win. So um, let's get to it. Let's see who's been, David has been waiting the longest. So David, let's get you in. I want to hear uh, your thoughts. If you want to give us your thoughts on anything, it, it could be um, the the game in general. It could be you want to do some sweet sassy molassy plays of the game. You want to do some wall of famers or wall of shamers. Uh, go ahead and hit me. Make sure on the bottom left hand side it says Mike is on because it starts off Mike is muted. So um, go ahead, David. Hey, thank you very much. Um, I have been waiting for this victory for so very long. <laughs> My name is Dave. I, I have a, a two children and I uh, live in Philadelphia. And one of them grew up with the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And one of them grew up with the Bills just being my team. And watching the Bills beat the Patriots tonight was one of my son's favorite memories. So my sweet, sassy, mode lassie play of the game would definitely be when Dawson Knox caught his second touchdown and when me and my son just went absolutely freaking bananas. <laughs> It was that's awesome. It was just great. That, that that's that's an awesome, uh, not only like memory for you, but something you'll share with your children. And I tweeted this out earlier. Like this is one of those wins, and not only that that moment, that play that you guys shared, that celebration, but like this is a game that you can legitimately talk about to your children. Mm -hmm. Like you, you and your son are going to remember this. Yeah, uh, and even my daughter, who's on, who uh, unfortunately, uh, for her sake, is not a Bills fan because the Bills got a great future in front of them, she's going to remember it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it is what it is. When when you're an ex-transplant, you're living far away, but you still love the Bills and you love everything about them, and you get these nights, and they're just the best. So, um, and the Gettysburg is definitely Micah Hyde's interception. Oh, that 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 play that you thought was going to be a touchdown pass to Bourne, I believe it was. I was so worried. I was so worried. Like 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 Mac Jones was that 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 bag of milk was actually playing pretty good, yeah. and um, he was throwing like a forty yard touchdown pass, and all of a sudden, boom! The second best safety in the entire league, who's also the second best safety on this team, made an amazing play. Right from then, I guess I knew we were going to win, and, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good call on that one, David. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for for waiting, for taking time with us. Yeah, thank for, thanks for having me. I'll, I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. So that was David there giving us a sweet, sassy, molassy play of the game, the Dawson Knox, the second Dawson Knox touchdown. The uh, I believe it was the second Dawson Knox touchdown. And then the first and then the, the Gettysburg of the game, which for those of you that have never heard our podcast or are listening for the first time, um, this won't necessarily be part of the podcast, but um, it is the point in the game, just like the Gettysburg was the, the point in the, in the Civil War that kind of was the turning point, and that was a good one. That's that Spoiler alert, that might have been what I have on my uh, Gettysburg of the game on the podcast later. So want to get you guys in on that. Let's not. Okay, so we have other people 
that are uh, trying to get in. All right, we got Jack in next. Jack, Jack, it is uh, it is good to have you on the bottom left hand side. Just in case you didn't know this, we're we're figuring it out on the bottom left hand side. It says Mike is on when you're ready to talk. I think it starts off with Mike is muted. So go ahead and hit that and uh, and uh, let us know anything you want about the game, feelings, thoughts, uh, anything. Yeah, man, how's it going tonight? Oh, it is. <laughs> it is almost as good as you can be. We're we're old enough that like being up till midnight on a weekend is still pretty late. Agreed, agreed. Like on a normal day, but I, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I feel great. Nah, How about not you? at all, man. I, I feel great after that win for sure. I gotta say, your tweet game during the game, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks was it was it the the the, the pornographic uh one was it the guys uh the guys uh holding up the dancing with the casket walking away with uh <laughs> with uh belichick's funeral was that the one both what? of them you don't have to say which one love it's them okay. both <laughs> thanks man. i love that thanks man what, what about your thoughts on the game anything you want to give us your plays of the game your mvps uh wall of famers wall of shamers anything I mean, honestly, it's it's hard to soak in because every five minutes here, I'm I'm reading like a new record or <laughs> some new milestone that they've hit for the first time as a franchise and in playoff history, oh, yeah. and it's just it's hard to take in, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's I have uh, you know we do our stats of the game on the podcast every week, and yeah, I literally have like six different tabs open of just unbelievable. I mean, there were there was one where hold on, I'll, I'll give you a couple of them right now while i'm waiting because uh because you mentioned it uh most touchdown passes bills playoff history jim kelly is 21 josh allen has eight already already moving into second in the league uh players with 250 passing yards and 60 rushing yards and four passing touchdowns in an nfl playoff game otto graham in 1950 and josh allen in 2021 so that's that's pretty uh it's pretty good company so, yeah, that's so. that's pretty unbelievable. Honestly, when I was done watching the game and I was looking at the stats, I was shocked to see Josh only threw 25 passes. <laughs> like, I knew we were rushing efficiently, and everything was going well on that end. But it just felt like the Bills' offense was out there longer than he only threw 25 passes. I was like, wow. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, too. It was just such an efficient game by Josh Allen uh, in that realm. 21 for 25. I mean, just... Right. He didn't. He didn't miss today. I mean, if you were to give a fire emoji rating for Josh Allen right now, out of five, how many fire emoji ratings or how many fire emojis? <laughs> give? It's got to be ten, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? You mean ten million or ten? <laughs> On infinite, infinite fire emojis for Josh Allen tonight. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely cool, Jack. Well, thank you so much for for coming on, and speaking with us, and uh, and being a part of this. Appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me on. Love the podcast, man. Keep it up. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Go Bills, man. Go Bills. All right. See you guys. See ya. I've got a couple of listeners in. Who else is requested? Justin King. Justin King. Justin King, I allowed you to speak now. You just have to make sure that you are in the bottom left-hand corner. You ha- you hit the mic is on button so that you can talk. And we're let me know what you think about the game. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, good. How you doing, man? Oh, good. Hey, I just want to, I want to be forthcoming. I'm in Houston, Texas. But I wore a, I was wearing a Josh Allen jersey all night, and uh, I gotta say the the Texans are my first team, but I pull for the Bills as my second team. My father grew up in East Aurora, so 
I pulled for the Bills as my second team. And I was getting a lot of love down here in Houston wearing a Josh Allen jersey. I couldn't believe it. And you better believe I was rubbing it in all of the Patriots fans' face. I was just <laughs> I was just letting them have it down here in Houston, man. So I uh, I couldn't believe how well Josh Allen played tonight. Honestly, he took it to another level. If he can continue playing like that, uh, I think the Bills could really go all the way. He really took it to another level tonight. And the running game. I mean, wow. I mean, just dominated Bill Belichick in every facet of the game. So it was very exciting. But I just want to say uh, Bills are getting some love down here in Houston, Texas from me. Um, and uh, enjoy all the work you guys do. And uh, thanks for letting me speak for a little bit. Uh, I was sitting next to some Patriots fans at the bar, and I was like, don't be selfish, you know. We don't feel bad for anybody. <laughs> anybody cheering for Boston teams, they've had it good for a little while. So the, peace, the yeah. people in western New York deserve this more than anybody. And uh, like I said, my dad grew up in East Aurora, so I pulled for the Bills as a second team. And uh, it was just so awesome to see how they performed tonight. I was wearing a Josh Allen fan. I couldn't believe how many people in Houston were coming up to me saying, go Bills. <laughs> so I think I think y'all got a set. Y'all got some support down here in Houston. I just wanted to let y'all know that uh, uh, no one well, no one was cheering for the Patriots around me tonight. So <laughs> that's awesome, yeah. Justin. Hey, make make sure you wear that the next three weeks. We're gonna need it. I will. Next, I will, my friend. I will. Yeah. We got to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> my my brother in law is a huge Chiefs fan, and I can't. I will not. I will not let him rub this year in my face. I think the boys can do it, man. We got to beat the Chiefs. You know, a lot of things got to happen between now and then, but I really hope the Bills can beat the Chiefs, man. Yep, yep. I think they got a shot. All right, thank you very much, Justin. Hey, thanks. Thanks for letting me speak, man. Y'all take care. Have a good night. Absolutely, buddy. Be, be good. All right, that was Justin. Justin, representing the South. Appreciate it. Well, let me see. I got some more people on the request line. The Bills, The Bills. by the way, if I can get my own thoughts in, um, which is probably what I should be doing on some of these spaces, is uh, all facets of the game. Now, we've talked about, in general, on the podcast, uh, you know, imagine putting everything together for the Buffalo Bills. Imagine their number one ranked defense. Imagine their explosive passing game. Imagine the run game somewhat like getting some feet under them. And then all of a sudden, like the offensive line being able to protect Josh and make some running lanes for the running back. Like imagine if that all happened, you know, and uh, it did. It came together tonight. You guys all witnessed it. And this is how dangerous this team can be when you put all of those pieces together in one spot. And, uh, you know, not only did they, you know, beat the New England, they absolutely humiliated them. Like, I, I'm hoping that Bill Belichick retires after tonight. Like, I'm hoping that he just looks at tonight and he just feels so bad about how terrible of a coaching job he did and how terrible of a team he has that he'll just quit. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right. I'm going to get a couple more requests in because we do have to record a podcast tonight um, as well. And uh, let's see, we got Big Mike. Big Mike is in. Mike, I have you in as a speaker on the bottom left-hand side. It'll say uh, Mike is on or Mike is muted. Touch that. Go ahead. Go ahead, Big Mike. <coughs> real quick, real quick, Big Mike. Are you Big Mike because you're like seven foot tall or is it really funny because you're like five foot four? No, it's it's closer to the first. I'm six foot six. 
six foot six. Nice. You sound like you're six foot six. I'd be able to sniff out a five foot four guy <laughs> if I. Okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Um, no, actually, uh, the things I were gonna bring up were a couple of points you literally just talked about. Um, the already love it. Already love it. Keep going. The offensive line being able to protect and push was the big deal. The Offensive line, giving the running room for Singletary and, you know, the design called plays for Josh, Josh Allen were, you know, super like right on point for the coordinators and, and everything like that. It all seemed to line up just perfectly for the game plan. And then uh, secondly, the uh, defense coming up big, pushing uh, the Patriots into the brink of, you know, pretty much quitting you could see the look on mac jones's face that kid i swear he looks like he's gonna cry every time he's they show his face zoomed in on the on the screen it's just i don't know what's the deal with that guy and then the third the last thing that i wanted to mention was you see as the game started to progress the and you know i know it's going to be kind of like a pun but you know the patriots seemingly just deflated like they just were broken and you know once we pushed the gas pedal there was no looking back and you know that's all we need to do if we can hang on to that and and ride this wave you know since you know the last few games we you know been pushing the pedal and that's it seems like that's what we got to do going forward yeah, wow. Those were those were some really great points, Mike. Uh, Big Mike, appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, um, it's funny with with Mac Jones. Like, I think part of the reasons why he looks like that is because he looks like he's like ten years old. Um, I think that has a lot to do with it. But um, but yeah, I you know there was there was nothing that he could have done tonight to to he he could have had a perfect night passing, and there's no way that they were going to win this game. Tonight. Of course, because because I I definitely agree. I, I think I think that the kid is the wrong type of person to be in that system. We've all sat here and watched uh, Brady over the years thrive in that system, but that is not what this kid is. And I understand everybody's talking about oh he's young and blah blah blah. He's a rookie and. But that kid does not. You can see he just does not have the composure of what Brady had. And there's, you know, I'm not trying to turn this conversation into that, but no, you know, no, I mean, you, you brought up a lot of good points and I don't want to, that was just the one that, that I was thinking about too, but yeah, the, the ability for, um, I mean, other, you're, you're looking at this, at this team in general. I mean, someone said it, someone said it really well on Twitter. I, it, and I apologize if I, because I don't remember the Twitter handle, but it was like, you take Tom Brady away from Bill Belichick and he's basically Cleveland Bill Belichick, right? He's Correct. okay. He made it to the playoffs, you know, and he, but he wasn't. And, and I don't know if Mac Jones, I mean, Mac Jones isn't Tom Brady, right? I mean, like, you know, this, it's, it's not his fault, but like, yeah, the bills, the bills showed up in, in every facet today and, and just had a, had, a, had an unbelievable game. And, uh, and I'm sure you feel good as a, as a bills fan and we all feel great about it. And, uh, this is, I don't know, man. This is this is. I want to ride this high as long as possible. Uh, let me appreciate- let me ask you one last thing. Absolutely. When uh, how it, everybody was laughing about it, especially on the replay, but how funny was it that we? The only thing that we really didn't do was score 
well, the two things we didn't do, we didn't score on defense and we didn't score on special teams, but uh, Micah Hyde almost scored and it was the linebacker that, that tripped him up on while he was throwing a block, not actually, you know, a mistake, but he was actually throwing a block. So that, that was so hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that was really funny. That was really funny that, uh, and you could tell, you could see it in his face, how upset Micah was that, that he did (laughs) not get that punt return touchdown. Like, and it wasn't just like, yeah, you're right. Like, no, he was visibly upset at Tyrell Dodson for not. And like you said, it was a, it was a good block that probably is one of the ones that would have helped him bring it. And looking at the instant replay, not for nothing, it looked like he kind of tripped over his legs like, uh, yeah, right. he didn't jump high enough, like not, not to get, not to take Dodson off the, off the, you know, yeah. but, but yeah, off the hook for it. But you know, what's funny, big Mike, speaking of that, like, yeah, that, that was really funny. I thought the first thing you were going to say was how funny is it that the dildo was thrown onto the field after that touchdown? <laughs> I thought that that's I, what you were going to say one of those first. I'm one of those uh, people who, when I get a chance to sit down and watch, I have my phone open on Twitter as well, the whole game. And I was waiting, just waiting to look in the trending area and see Dildo being in the trending category on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, yep, yep. Thank you so much, Big Mike, for coming on and being a part of this, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Go Bills. Go Bills. Um. So, <laughs> speaking of the... Uh, of the tildo thing it's funny john john texted me our co-host texted me that and i thought at first it was a flag or something i didn't really get a good view of it and then my brother-in-law texted me the same picture and i'm just like why you guys keep texting me flags he's like dude did you see the dildo and i'm like that was a dildo i was like i thought for sure that that was a penalty flag and they just picked it up he's like no he's like that's what i thought too this is my brother-in-law and uh he says he's like yeah but you know penalty flags aren't that veiny so um yeah yeah so that's that's where that's at um that's this is the kind of content that you can expect with the circling the wagons podcast for those of you that haven't listened before for those of you that have um it's that kind of a-level commentary and uh and statistical analysis that you're going to get i want to get a couple of you guys in because like i said we do have to do the podcast um let's get in let's get in a lady listener lady listener I'm going to you, Nicole, which is Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia is Lynn. So on the bottom left. Okay, it looks like you're on. Nicole, you there? Yeah, hello. Hello. Hello, Nicole. You are on. Hey, what's up? I'm listening in from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. I just moved here about a year ago from Buffalo, actually. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And uh, and uh, what were your thoughts on the on the game and everything? Um, being out there now, being kind of like a, a transplant. Obviously, Bills Mafia travels everywhere. Um, was it was it a little bit different watching the playoffs this year in in, in Vegas? Oh yeah, I went to um, the sports book at the Mirage. That's my favorite hotel out there. The first one I ever went to. So shout out Mirage. Um, I was the. I guarantee they're not listening. By the <laughs> way, but go ahead. <laughs> Obviously, the official Mirage account is not following. Right, us, but go ahead. But no, there was actually a lot of Patriots fans and a lot of Bills fans. Actually, there were more Bills fans than Pats fans. So, like, wow. it was a really good environment. Everyone was happy, besides the Pats fans. So, haha. <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. Actually, we don't care what they think. They don't have feelings. They don't have souls. It's all right. Don't feel bad about that, Nicole. Nicole, what did you did did uh, as far as the game itself, were there any plays that stood out to you or any players in general that like 
you know, who you're watching this game that really just just made you feel something. Obviously, Juke and Josh Allen, man, that play where he broke that player's ankles, that was amazing. Like, he can do everything, but he shouldn't have to, but he can if needed. Also, the uh, Micah Hyde interception, obviously, because I feel like it was going to be a tie or something. But after that, we just kept shutting them out. And I love Micah Hyde, man. My dog's name is Jordan. Po- My dog's named after Jordan Poyer, but I should have named him Micah, I honestly. It's not too late. It's not too late. You can change that dog's name. Dogs don't know. Dogs don't know. I mean, they know, but like they get used to it after a few days. We've done that a few times at the house. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Micah Hyde, thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole. Is there anything else you want to add? Before I before I let you go, no, just that my dog's name is Jordan, and I just got a fish. His name is LJ, Lil Josh, and Viva Las Vegas. We beat the Raiders in the playoffs last year, and they just lost this year. So it's kind of fun walking around with my Josh Allen jersey, just making them all cry <laughs> off here. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Nicole. Appreciate it. Thanks, and go right. go Bills, go Bills. Thank you. All right, we got one more person. One more person. Uh, if I if I pick you, you have to end with Go Bills. That is a requirement. It's a requirement of the podcast. Um, it's a requirement. If you're in, let's see. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna. The courier has been waiting for a while. The courier seven six is in on the bottom left hand corner. You'll see the uh, the mic is on. If you're on, yeah, go ahead, sir or madam. Hello. hello. Hey, hey, you are on. This uh, this little spaces edition for Circling the Wagons podcast. How's it going? Well, what's going on? I uh, absolute great win. Um, uh, to the caller before the caller before the caller before in Texas, Justin, you got to wear your jersey next week. Um, the last caller, hey, you got to you know keep naming your dogs and your pets after bills. Uh, I just thought that this was an absolute win. So, I mean, ibid to what everybody else said, but. I think it's just absolutely great that we can finally see the Bills firing on all cylinders and then, like, even take into account the weather. Like, what what would they have done in a dome in this situation? I mean, I guess, you know, the Patriots could have taken away a little bit, but, I mean, mm-hmm. this, is what, this is what we are capable of, and there's no reason to fear any other opponent. We, we, we are just as good as anybody else in, in the entire NFL. That's my takeaway. Love you guys. Go Bills! <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for ending it on that one, man. Like that was that was a good way to end it. And and, and he's right. Uh, there is no team that you should fear going into. I mean, it, look at look at every single team in the AFC that's left. Look at every team in the NFC that's left. And there are teams that maybe would be a tougher out than others, but there's none that you say there's absolutely no way that we can win. I mean, I was thinking, I saw some highlight from the Bills-Texans playoff a few years ago, playoff game a couple years ago, and it was like, it was that play where Deshaun Watson missed a sack by Taron Johnson and Matt Milano, and then he threw it to uh, Taiwan Jones, and they get the first down, and basically it's, it's a play that won them the game. Besides that other play that happened in the end zone, which we won't speak about, uh, the no no kickoff or whatever it was, no safety call. But anyway, so I remember that play, and I remember being really upset at that playoff loss. But at the same time, uh, you know, I didn't think the Bills really had it to go all the way. 
that season, you know, they were they they were a good team, but they weren't a great team. Um, I don't have that feeling. I didn't have that feeling last year. I don't have that feeling this year because I think they can go all the way if all the if all the things go right. Uh, which they didn't make any big mistakes tonight again, and that's one of the reasons they didn't beat themselves. And yeah, yeah, I I feel I feel as good about this team as I felt about any team the Bills have ever rostered, even going back to the Super Bowl years. And I'm sure you guys do too. Um, appreciate you guys all for being a part of this and listening for those that have talked and uh, and been in the conversation. I definitely uh, thank you guys for doing that. We're going to try to do this again um, for another Bills game. Uh, now that we kind of have half the technology worked out and hopefully get you guys in again. So appreciate you guys, like I said, being a part of this. Look for this. I think I'm going to post this spaces uh, as a podcast, maybe uh, in a day or two. Um so you guys will be able to hear this, but a uh, regular podcast will will be uh, geez, put up in a couple hours. So be uh, sure to check that out. Circling the Wagons podcast. It's on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network and the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network is on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anywhere you want. Um, I just created a new uh, a new um, T-shirt for our T-Public site called We Own the Patriots. If you haven't checked it out, check out our, or check out our, my Twitter feed the CTW pod Twitter feed and you'll see it there. Um, and then, then there's like, you know, a hundred other bills designs there too. that are also really good. Juggernauts one, all the, all the, all the designs, all the designs are right there. So take care guys. Have a good night. Go bills. Thanks again to Joe Valerio from the believe in chiefs podcast for breaking down the bills, chiefs divisional round playoff matchup. Uh, thanks again to everyone that participated in the Twitter spaces. Those were both brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Del Lago and, uh, wanted to leave you guys with this. Uh, my mom, as you know, if you, if you heard our mother's day episode this past year, I had my mom on. And first of all, I mean, I love my mom. I'm a mama's boy, but secondly, uh, the reason why I'm a Bills fan in general is because of her. So I just wanted to share this last piece with you. Uh, it's a voicemail she left me after the Bills win over the Patriots. And I just thought it would be fun to share with you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, looking forward to talking about the Bills after the Bills Chiefs game. We're going to do another Twitter Spaces probably around roughly 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time if you want to be a part of that. Um, if you want to be part of the space. And I know that you're a listener because sometimes it's hard to differentiate listeners from just Twitter followers, uh, do a laughing emoji while you're requesting the mic. And that way I'll put you to the front of the line and, uh, and know that, uh, that that'll be our own inside thing. If you're doing the laughing emoji, laughing emoji while you're requesting the mic, uh, I'll know that you're a listener. So think about that. And, uh, for me, Nate, go bills and enjoy what, uh, what Nate's mom had to say after that bills Pats game. Hey, Nate, good morning. First of all, how are you, and how is everybody else? And next, I am so proud of them, I could just burst. Everybody was wrong. It was going to be a close game, 21 to 20. Just crazy. They were, and now I just read that they did something that has never been done in the NFL history. They had seven drives and scored seven times. Never turned it over. Never had a field goal, da-da-da-da-da, and it was just amazing. I just, <laughs> it was just wonderful. I love you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Buffalo, stand up. It's the mafia. 
Uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah, a Buffalo Bill City. Yo, uh, it's a Bill City. Yeah, a Buffalo Bill City. Yo, we got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. Yeah, Ike McKenzie on a jet sweep, maybe it's a fake. Honestly, it's a TD either way. When you got Diggs and Bees and Gabe Davis, three-headed single Terry Moss Brader. Who gon' stop us? We the greatest. Forget Mahomes, forget Kelsey, forget Hill. Come and replay us, cause we ready. Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Ford. Ready, kick they bucket like Ike. Yeah, we ready. Dawson Knox with a spike. Are you ready? Season tickets, I'm hype up the team. Ready, Buffalo. This is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. A Buffalo Bill City. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City. Buffalo Bill City. Yeah. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill City. It's a Bill City. Yeah. A Buffalo Bill City, Buffalo Bill City, yeah. What? It's a Bill City, it's a Bill City, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A Buffalo Bill City, Buffalo Bill City, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Taron Johnson with a pick six. It's just too easy. Don't pass it to Treyway. Please believe me, we got high right behind him and Poya free. Please don't run up the middle unless you want to meet a star. Greg Rousseau will show you what he's about. Trey Edmonds and Matt Milano can't get around him. Our team is grounded over here. Yeah. Sebastian like Boogie, yeah, we ready. Moving for Cody Ford. We ready. Kick they bucket like Ike. Yeah, we ready. Dawson Knox with a spike. Are you ready? Season tickets, I'm hype up the team. Ready, Buffalo. This is our team forever. Forever. We got Josh Allen, got Step Diggs, we got Cole. Deion Dawkins, cause you know it's about to snow. Mafia, you know we on a roll. No competition and it's not even close. It's a Bill yeah. City. Yeah. 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 A Buffalo Bill City. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.